Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. To Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. Sid, the nursery's just about done, but I forgot. Uh, I still need to get um, plugs for the outlets. Oh, like the little like safety, the protectors, the little, in. the little plastic thingies. It is so we much. We should probably learn the name for that. The plastic thingies. At some point. The plastic thingy that goes in the holes in the outlet. I think you can. your house can be unsafe at first, because where's that kid going to go? He didn't, she didn't, not going to go anywhere. I don't tell her to go. That's true. I can't see, she won't really be able to like roll or do anything. at first. So I can't see her being able to get to the outlets. It's probably safer just to do it ahead of time. Probably. Because then you got a kid later. Do they even make two prong ones? Because all our outlets are only two prong, two prong which yeah. is just the biggest pain That's in the big butt. Pain. We'll get an adapter to put <laughs> the, <laughs> a three prong to two prong plastic adapter. Safety. Uh, you know, it's so device. much. It's so much harder, I think, to raise kids these days than it would have been in olden times. You know, like we have. Uh, there's like, well, there's electricity in the walls. Like we just put a, a lethal substance in our walls now. Well, I mean, it's in wires. Like it, I, I think. know, but like it's like being kind of pumped. Like- I don't walls. think like the walls are just filled with electricity. And That's you kind got, of a crazy thing you just said. You got Wi-Fi to worry about in the air all around. What's that doing to you? I did not have that going through me when I was a, a baby. Is that a worry, do you think? Wi-Fi is everywhere. What effect does it have on babies? I don't know. I wasn't a baby it then. It gives them sweet, sweet internet everywhere they go. My baby's internet enabled everywhere without a device. She was born in Wi-Fi. She'll be the first baby to be born since Wi-Fi. And I well, think it's going to have some uh, unpredictable effects. Yeah, we'll need to, we'll figure, All we'll I'm talk saying about that is later. that the world is a lot scarier now than it was, you know, 200, 300 years ago. Well, to be fair, there's there's one thing that was listed as a, a, decent, a pretty decently large cause of infant mortality that uh, we wouldn't put on that list today. What's that? Teething. Wait, what? Yeah. Teething. I mean, yes, of course, you know, teething is still a thing. Babies still yeah, because they still they get, like, still have teeth, right? And like we're not so futuristic we now <laughs> that it's like food pills that you just swallow, and we've evolved away from teeth. Right, teeth have become vestigial. Right, what just, are these, mommy? What are the hard things in my mouth for? <laughs> Don't worry. Someday you'll be evolved enough that you won't need them. Can you pass the food glue, mother? That's not how evolution works. Pass so. the tube of food glue, mother. <laughs> but teething, although. Uh, still a thing is not uh listed as a cause of infant mortality anymore 
Why was it ever? Your teeth just come in. It's like not. I mean, it's just they just come in. Well, let me give you a little history about. Teeth. Yeah, how about explain that? it because I don't know how we got this one this wrong. Okay, so first of all, you need to understand what teething is. I think I do, but go ahead. Do you understand it? I feel like I do, but go ahead. Okay, so it's getting teeth. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I did have a pretty good uh, concept of it. Do you know your first teeth can be called? They were uh, colloquially colloquially known as your milk teeth. Milk teeth. Milk no. teeth. But uh, they're also called scientifically your deciduous teeth. Because <laughs> I'm going to replace them. Because they fall off like they leaves on a deciduous oh, tree, fantastic. which is not how the teeth losing process works. They don't just like drift well, my pleasantly ti- my in the breeze done. out of your mouth. My time is through. They turn, I've, br- I've turned brown. They turn brown. And now I'm going to litter the ground. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, uh, uh, a scene from Hellraiser in here. It's terrifying. <laughs> Ground just littered with ashen baby teeth. <laughs> that probably would have been easier on you, though, if they just kind of drifted out of your mouth. Yeah, it would be easier on me because it's like the worst thing that happened. Because it, it was me. pretty traumatic for you, right? Oh, my God. I've often said that, like, I've had a lot of terrible things happen to me in my life. A lot of great things. But, like, the reason I wouldn't live life is just because I would have to go through that again. Uh, what's worse than that you put your tongue up there and oh my god my tooth is loose all my nightmares are coming true and i'm gonna have to rip it out it's gonna bleed <laughs> when it comes out while i'm eating it's the worst but then, ah! you get a, then you get a dollar a dollar do you know how many dollars i would pay to avoid that waking nightmare more than i had i would have gotten a paper route i would have another you paper did. route you did get i would have gotten a second paper route to pay for my teeth to stay in just i like those teeth they were fun well I don't know if getting your teeth is traumatic. Luckily, uh, it happens somewhere between the ages of three and 12 months, usually about mm-hmm. six to nine. So we probably don't remember it mm. unless you're, I don't know, you've got some really crazy, weird memory. Um, it takes a few years to get all of your 20 deciduous teeth in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's normal. What a crazy design, by the way. There is almost nothing else I can think of in like in like life where your body is like listen you're young you're gonna make some mistakes i'm gonna give you some training teeth (laughs) some starter teeth i'm gonna give you some starter teeth let's see how you do this listen this is a no lose good bad these are falling out do whatever the hell you want with them they're your teeth go nuts (laughs) you can that's what that's why it's so i mean i guess at the end of the day it's not that bad all those babies that get baby bottle syndrome Mm -hmm. where they they are using a bottle for too long and then their front teeth are all like too short and wonky. Who cares? And You're young. Make those mistakes. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Now, during teething. It should be noted, by the way, Sydney's not a teeth doctor. So if she says something crazy wrong here, you just yeah, feel free. I guess I should make that point right now. Yeah, Disclaimer. Right. I don't know anything about teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, <we're laughs> just... Doctors, if, okay, if a doctor tells you, unless they're like one of those sneaky doctors that's also a dentist, like some maxillofacial surgeons, because they do know about, they actually absolutely do know about teeth. But, and dentists, of course, know about teeth. But for the most part, doctors don't know anything about teeth. We, we like, it's like an hour of one day in medical school. Right. And then they're like, but basically just send them to a dentist. So, so, that so being, don't take my word so on that. That being said, you should never follow what we say in this program, <laughs> but especially not in this Especially episode. not about teeth. Um, it is normal when infants are teething to be for them to be fussy and they drool a lot and they can run a temperature, not a fever, 
but a slightly elevated temperature. And they like to chew on a lot of things to relieve the pressure. And um, sometimes they pull on their ears because they're hurting. Uh, There is no cutting involved in cutting teeth. Have you heard that term, cutting teeth? You know, I don't think I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cutting. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Um, there is no cutting involved. You don't, it doesn't actually like cut through your gums or anything like that. Because really? otherwise like, they'd bleed, right? If, I mean, if teeth were actually breaking through, uh, okay. yeah, I you'd guess. have like some tra- trauma and bleeding. That's weird. So what's happening? As you grow the cells in your gums, this is pretty cool, naturally die in certain patterns and create separations that allow the teeth to come through. Oh, that's fascinating. I had yeah. no idea. It's just part of, you know, growing we, and maturing. We are incredible machines. Yes, we are. It's completely natural and it's normal. But obviously we didn't always think so. Mm-hmm. Which is bizarre because, I mean, I don't think we're the only animal that this happens in. Yeah. So the Greeks thought it was a problem. They thought that teething was responsible for all kinds of problems in, in early childhood. Fevers, diarrhea, uh, convulsions or seizures. Mm-hmm. They thought were probably related to teething. Uh, they didn't really know what to do about it other than hope that your baby survived it. Um, they did advise that you could try wrapping your baby's head in a cloth and then rub its head with a lot of oil and then put some oil in its ears. And then preheat the oven to 350. <laughs> put some lemon. lemon some put the garlic lemon in the baby's bottom. And some sage. Find a witch. <laughs> in a chocolate they, house. They, it was written. I, the baby. I was reading what Hippocrates wrote about um, teething, and at one point it said it was it was worse in uh, quote those who are particularly fat and have constipated bowels. Teething can be worse in. How would you? Uh, what? Well, when have you ever seen a baby say like, "Ugh, oh, today, this day, <laughs> do not get me started. My, I have not had any roughage." Well, okay. I mean, I really haven't had any roughage at all. No. I don't know what that word means. <laughs> and I only I am, drink breast milk it right is, now. It is like rush hour in there. Oof. Um, in the 1800s, teething was actually listed in London in the, in the registrar of causes of death. Teething was listed uh, for about 12% of infants under age three in 1832. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and this idea, this was debated, hotly debated throughout, you know, the history of like pediatrics until the early 1900s. What what could there have been to debate? Well, a lot of it just had to do with um, timing. It's like a coincidence. So teething seemed to cause babies a lot of distress. They were fussy and whiny and they were obviously in pain. Right. They were not. They were not happy about the situation. So it was thought. Well, if uh, you know, if if this is causing the baby a lot of problems, and then something else happens, this is the same time period where there were other childhood diseases that, you know, at the time we did not only did we not have treatments or cures for, but we certainly couldn't even recognize. And so then, unfortunately, the baby would die of something else, and you would think, oh, maybe it was the teething, because mm-hmm. we know it was a big deal. So that was it. It was just simply a timing thing. So since we thought it was a problem, we came up with a lot of really weird things to do for it. It never occurred to us that it's like, it just happens and it's always happened. And it's just, this is the way things, it happens. This is the way it is. No, not until like the 1900s do we just say, well, you know what? Maybe this is normal. Maybe this just happens and has been happening to every mammal. Sorry, go ahead. So the initial treatments... Were, were not that harmful, really. 
Um, they recognize that babies seem to like to like chew on their fingers. Mm-hmm. The pressure on their gums helps with the pain. And so they would give them things to chew on, just necklaces to chew on. Okay. Um, they would have them uh, sometimes just wear magic amulets. Oh, okay. So That's like good. they would have them wear a certain Swap necklaces. Swap out gum pain for a choking hazard. <laughs> good job, old people. You would have certain necklaces that had like beans or stones or something on them that you could chew on, but then they would just wrap them around their waist for their magical powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, you know, I don't know if they're evil teething spirits, I guess. <laughs> um, Saranus uh, advised that you should take the brains of a hare, as in like a rabbit. Oh, good. And rub those on your baby's gums. Oh, excellent. That's excellent. Good, good, good. Not cook. Uh, do you cook them? Maybe just just to get the germs out. I, I didn't. I didn't look up the recipe. Brains? No. <laughs> if you yeah. want to look up the recipe for um, hair brain. Hey, it's a hair brain scheme. There you go. Yeah, indeed. Is that where that comes from? No, uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there were also other salves um, based on different plants and herbs or certain teas. Uh, one uh, traditional remedy was rubbing a live fish on your baby's gums. as sort of like a magical transference, and then you would throw it back into the water, and it would take the baby's pain with it. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Um but things really went awry in the 16th century when uh, a French surgeon, I, th- I think we've talked about Perret before, Ambrose Perret, uh-huh. decided that the problem is that the teeth need to come through the gums, but the pain and all the discomfort is a result of that not happening naturally. Like he didn't believe like it just happened. We needed to help it out. And that would help your baby survive teething. Okay. So he advised lancing the gums to let the teeth through. Oh, oh, that's the worst. I can't even think about that. I know. This this Ugh. actually made me cringe oh. uh, to read about it. It was This was practiced until like the 19th century. This was still being written about in textbooks up to 1938, this practice. What? And, and I mean, it's very simple. There was, and initially, you need to remember, this was a time when there was, this was not done with anesthesia. Certainly. Sure. And there wasn't even really sterile practice. So dirty instruments, no anesthesia, you're cutting a baby's gums. How's it going? And, How's your, how is your first couple of years of life? And it's crazy. This continued to persist despite the fact that, I mean, this was a, that was a cause of mortality. Well. The procedure. The procedure, certainly. Yeah. yeah I would think so. Uh, this led to other oh, practices. Brutal. If you didn't just want to lance the gums, you could blister the gums with like hot irons um, to try to allow the teeth through. You could bleed oh. the gums by leeching them. Come Put on. leeches on your baby's gums. Come on. Can you not? And there was one theory that it would help rush the teeth along if you applied cautery. So like a hot iron, something, you know, to burn the back of the head. What are you doing, old timey people? I don't know. These are babies. You burn your baby's head. Like six to nine month old babies. What are you doing? Where were the parents? How are you like? Where were Hi, any of the adults? I'm this an is... old timey doctor who probably doesn't know what I'm doing in any respect. Could I put this leech on your baby's gums? Where were the adults? This is like some Lord of the Flies nonsense. This is the kind of garbage you'd hear about, like. 
if Neverland had a doctor, like this is what he, well, uh, you got the teeth there and I guess we got to make holes for the teeth. You're a child. <laughs> like, what are you saying? That doesn't make any sense. The teeth have been coming in for years and we're just like, we haven't been helping them along. This is the one thing that like God was like, I forgot to perforate that. That's totally on me. If you guys could help me out. I know it seems to have been <laughs> happening for like 1500 years since Jesus came. I should have, while he was there, Asked him to look into that for me. I forgot <laughs> twice. Did Jesus do some really quick magic and perforate everybody's if he gums? Just perforate everybody's gums? <laughs> God, we're stupid. Sorry. Ugh. Now in the in the 1700s, there was introduced the idea of just putting stuff on the gums that would make your baby quiet. So mm. a syrup of white poppies was first in- introduced. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Um, which, as you can imagine, probably worked. Uh, yeah. For any anything. Yeah, whatever, whatever the ba- whatever ails your baby. Yeah. Might I suggest white poppy Just, you know, syrup? Whether it be uh, teething or colic or fever or awake, <laughs> you can. <laughs> your baby you can, has that problem. Your baby has that problem. You and they had like really nice fancy jars that you could buy, and and they all were for holding your syrup of white poppies. Maybe you your just, baby has the problem that you would like to go see a movie tonight. Yeah, <laughs> this, this syrup's just, great for that. You just put the syrup of white poppies for those who may be unaware. I'm assuming no one is, but just in case you are, that of course poppies contain opium. So that's what you're really. That's that what you're really what you're getting doing. at there. And this would lead to many, many more uh, kind of over-the-counter type medications that we could uh, purchase for teething. Uh, like what kind of stuff, Sid? Well, unfortunately, Justin, as much as I'd like to share that with you, before I fill you in on any more teething cures, you're going to have to head down to the billing department. Oh, racked up another one. Okay, I will handle that real quick. Okay, Sydney, teething powders, syrups, rings, hit me. So uh, initially, there were a lot of different teething powders and syrups that were popular throughout the U.S. and the U.K. Um, We're kind of moving into like the 1800s and the early 1900s, and that's when there were all kinds of crazy medicines available for everything that everybody was selling. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually, they contained something that wasn't good for you. Maybe made you feel good, but wasn't good for you. So, for instance, um, a lot of them had either alcohol, opium, morphine, cocaine. Get the job done, Juice. The the baby felt pretty good at the end of the day. Baby felt amazing. Um, Unfortunately, there were quite a few that contained mercury. Not good. There was a lot of obsession with, like, bowel regularity at the time. As connected to TV? No, but like most problems, like that, that's the same time babies may be having, you know, some colic and stuff and they're teething and they're fussy. So give them this stuff that contains mercury because it also worked as like a laxative. Perfect. So my baby is regular and my baby is high. And your baby's getting mercury poisoning. My baby's I'm, getting mercury poisoning. Also. <laughs> um, all, all to avoid fatal teeth coming in through their gums these malignant (laughs) these malignant chew tumors that are emerging from my baby's beautiful gum line mortally wounded what are these things these white monstrosities that i have in my mouth right now i have them too i'm sorry this terrible curse it has passed down through our family (laughs) as long as anybody can remember 
It's called teeth. It's called teeth. I'm so sorry. They told me not to, not to have children, but you're still my miracle. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So God there, forgive me. There are a lot of different. I mean, you can look up endless numbers of of like soothing type syrups and powders and stuff online. But just as an example, uh, there was one. I just really love this name: Adkinson and Barker's Royal Infant Preservative. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> it sounds like you like that's how that's what you put around your baby when you put it in a jar and keep it on the shelf for a while. Yeah, you want to keep that just born look. <laughs> you want to keep that baby fresh for a long time. Um. It was basically just a bunch of different oils with alcohol in it. Great. And it worked for everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because it had alcohol Sobriety, in it. Sobriety, for, for starters. There was a really famous Mrs. Winslow's soothing syrup, um, which initially contained morphine, which mm. is why it worked so well. But uh, unfortunately, because it initially was not on the bottle that it contained morphine. Right. So moms were giving a lot of this to their infants. And this resulted in some really unfortunate outcomes. I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, so uh, they were forced to remove any narcotics from it. Um, and then it stopped working. And then, and then nobody that, used like, it. Honey. Yeah. And ants. That like, was kind of all the medicine end. back then. It didn't make your baby sleepy anymore. Right. And Jones in for morphine. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was also uh, Steedman's soothing powders which contain both mercury and opium. Oh, great. So don't worry. Double hit. We'll poison your baby with mercury, uh, give him the runs, and <laughs> knock him out with opium. But it had plenty of sugar to hide the taste of the mercury, so don't worry. That's the perfect thing for teeth, too. Just <laughs> Lots get, of sugar. Get those sugar right in there. That was actually really popular in a lot of these syrups and powders, was to put enough sugar in there so that you couldn't taste the mercury. <laughs> God, sometimes I wish... When I'm feeling dumb, I wish I could go back to old timey times and walk around just feeling like the smartest dude on earth. I bet I could just find five things on my walk from like my house to the bank where it's just like 20 things. I That's stupid. You're killing your baby. You are an idiot. Your leg's going to fall off. I mean, the great thing is like, though, even if you had told people, they wouldn't have believed you no. because there were always. And I should make that point. I would get one thing right before they assume I'm a witch. <laughs> Guaranteed. No, well, there it is. All throughout uh, this history of, uh, I mean, this uh, teething or anything else, anything we ever talk about, there are always like a handful of smart people who are going, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't think this is right. And who are writing papers, like even some doctors who are going, I just really think maybe just let your baby teeth. Why not? Just deal with it. Um, but nobody ever listens to them. So teething rings. Were also pop have also been popular for a very long time. Um, so that's a thing, though, right? Yeah, they're still a thing. Uh, back in the 17th to 19th century in England, they were called uh, corals. Why? Well, because they were usually made of coral. Oh, okay. But they could be made of bone or that seems ivory. Kind of rough. Seems like it is. Unpleasant. That's very hard. And it was um it was kind of a ring. If you see like one of those old silver rattles with a ring at the bottom. Sure. Yeah. That ring was for teething. Huh. Um. And the thing about it, it was it was supposed to use mechanically, like it was supposed to work mechanically, like the, your baby chews on it and that makes its gums feel better. And it, it may, it was cold and hard and that helps with the teething process. Um, but it was also made of some kind of animal bone or ivory or something like that. And so it had this magical element that you could get the strength of the animal from it. Awesome. So you could survive teething. That's what I want. I want my wolf baby. 
You could also use a wolf's tooth. That was a very popular. That would be sweet. I mean, I guess you have to get a wolf's tooth. Yeah, yeah. Well, the kid has to get the wolf's tooth. <laughs> Paul, uh, your six month old has to get a wolf's like tooth. Like Davy Crockett, he's got to kill Emma Bear when he was only three. <laughs> you may, you've mastered holding your head up, and now, you can now sit upright. <laughs> Here's a knife. Kill a bear. Kill, kill a wolf. Get its tooth, and you'll survive teething. <laughs> it's a wonder anybody. I made want you it to kill twenty wolves and then put period. their teeth in your mouth and give yourself <laughs> fake wolf teeth. That no son of mine doesn't have fake wolf teeth. Uh, one product that was kind of, I think, unique to itself. I didn't find a lot of uh, common products in this theme. Was in 1903, there was Butler's Electro Medical Teething Necklace, mm-hmm. which was basically just some sort of electric necklace that your baby wears. They don't chew on it or anything. They just, I mean, they probably are going to chew on it. Right, because they're babies. Because <laughs> they're don't babies. Chew on anything. Um, and they're teething, uh, and that helps. But you just wear it. And it would make your teeth grow in easier. I mean, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't no, work at all. It doesn't do that at all. But it's something you could buy and give somebody your money for. It was just guaranteed to like make your baby like better, like not just in terms of like teething or not ill, just like you know, is that better than other isn't babies? That sort of like uh, in inconclusive, uh, ephemeral way that people aspire to be better and like olden times just like more vigor or vim exactly whatever that is your your baby's gonna look like one of those old-fashioned uh like posters with like the guy with the mustache and all the muscles and right. lifting lifting the giant dumbbell get your get up and go exactly don't get necklace. sand kicked in your face anymore <laughs> put your baby in this electric necklace well that seems like a whole safety issue though yeah so i wouldn't know do you think my electric necklace for a baby what could go wrong everything <laughs> Uh, there is a homeopathic remedy, of course, mm-hmm. for teething. Uh, this one is actually, I believe, still on the shelves. I don't think um, I've ever seen it. I think it's maybe more popular in the UK. But there's uh, Nelson's, and I, I should say this. I don't mean that people in the UK use this. Yeah, I know there, right. there are probably like a ton of listeners who are going, no, right now. No. I'm just saying I've never seen this on the shelves here. I think you're more likely to find it on the shelves there. Um, Nelson's Teetha. And mm-hmm. Boots Alternatives Teething Pain Relief. They're both made by the same company, Secret. I figured that out. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, they're still on the market, as far as I know. And they contain some dilution, you know. Because that's remember, that's how homeopathy works. The more, the greater the delusion, the... <laughs> sorry, did I say delusion? What I meant to say was dilution... The but, greater the dilution. But dilution works okay, just well, as well. Debatable. To be fair. The greater the dilution, the stronger the medicine. So so these are, I think, some kind of uh, granules, and they contain some very, very small amount of chamomile. Because you don't want to screw around with chamomile. Let me just tell you, <laughs> a little bit of, <laughs> a little bit of the, too much of this in your baby's engine, that uh, the little bugger's going to be revving for days. You don't want to play around with chamomile. <laughs> It's just so soothing and relaxing. It is so soothing. If you give your baby too much of this, he is just going to be like sunglasses on, Hawaiian shirt, Jimmy Buffett on the radio, old Spuds McKenzie, (laughs) just just living his days out on the couch. Everything's chill. Everything's cool. Yeah, he's got to take things more seriously than that. Yeah, you got your baby's got to get serious. Um, now to be fair, this is probably not a dangerous treatment. No, it's probably not nearly as dangerous as the. 
electromedical teething necklace. Right. So, Sid, what what about now? I mean, we do I, we mentioned the rings. Is there anything else? Um, well, the most important thing to know about teething is that, okay, well, one, it's normal. Sure. Been we finally, it for a while. we finally figured out, I mean, it really, it took us to the early to mid 1900s before doctors finally agreed and made the statement, teething is normal. It is not a leading cause of death among infants or ever a cause of death. Now, some of our treatments were cool. for sure. Good job. But teething itself is fine. Your baby will most likely ride it out with no need of assistance from anybody or anything. Um, but there are some things that can help out because, I mean, your, your little your little guy or girl is hurting. So rings are helpful. Mm-hmm. You can use teething rings. Um, make sure there's something that they can't chew, chew up, a, you know, chew apart and swallow. That's the main thing. But most teething rings are like that. It, your, your baby would not be able to chew through them um, unless they already have teeth, in which case, I mean, what are, what you, are doing? you doing? What are you even doing? <laughs> You, you clearly you need to go back to the beginning of this episode where I tell you what teething is. <laughs> um, there are medications out there, a lot of like topical stuff you can put on your gums to try to numb the pain. For the most part, you just want to avoid a lot of them. Occasional yeah. Tylenol is okay or some ibuprofen. Don't How do you add- know when your baby's not just faking it when they really need it? <laughs> like faking teething? Faking the pain. I mean, like, you can look, you, know you can look and pain. feel and see if there are teeth coming in. All right. But pretty much if your baby's fussy, um, doesn't want to eat as much, pulling at their ears, they probably are teething. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I wouldn't I wouldn't use a lot of topical stuff. Don't use aspirin. Uh, there, you know, you can read a lot of suggestions from all the mom sites online, but like chilled foods are good or frozen things, cold things tend to help. Mm-hmm. Anything with pressure on the gums, cold rags. Um, if you look around the world, there's some interesting ideas that are in use. Uh, in Japan, they like wooden rings. Hmm. It's very popular. Um, uh, Zwieback toast, I believe, is very popular in Germany. Hmm. It's just a hard toast. You can get that here. Hmm. Um, and then in there's a traditional African medicine method of tying uh, a raw egg over the bed. Just like suspended in a little pouch above your baby. I don't. Okay, well that doesn't. I don't seem know that like that works. Say it seems like maybe we'll be dipping. That should have been a little earlier in the episode. Maybe it's still, it's still in use. I mean, there's lots of things in use, sister. Um, I, I used a bagel when I was little. Okay. Yeah, my mom just tied a a bagel to a rope, <laughs> and I had that rope bagel. A rope bagel. Okay. <laughs> I had a rope bagel. Um. It's important not to confuse actual illness with teething, which is why I say teething does not cause a fever. If your baby really has a fever, you know, talk to your doctor, get it checked out. Um, And there are some traditional medicines in use in the Middle East and India that do contain lead. So if you're in contact with any of those kind of traditional medicines, I would want to know if they contain lead. And if they do, don't use them. Um, and also, you probably don't want to use whiskey, which is a popular treatment in this part of the world. All right. You know, just give your baby a little whiskey. Or don't. Probably yeah, don't, don't. Don't do that. Remember, we're, we're throwing back now to Miss Winslow and her soothing syrup. Right. Not a good plan. Uh, I want to thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Sawbones. We hope you enjoyed our first uh, live show last week. Thank you to everybody who uh, came out to that. That was, like, really, really, really cool. Uh, to see everybody the first time we'd ever done a live show. Sydney, you had fun, right? You enjoyed oh, yourself. I had a ton of fun. Thank you, everybody, for making it so easy and painless, um, um, especially to some of the people who brought us presents, mm-hmm. like 
uh, Prohibition Bakery. Oh gosh, those are good. Gave us some delicious cupcakes. They were so considerate. They they're they're boozy cupcakes, but they uh, made some non boozy ones for their, for the sister. Just for me, and I ate them all. They were uh, delicious. Um, the uh, I want to thank people who are tweeting about the show, like uh, Stephen, uh, Crazy Cat Lady, uh, Jen Hints, Tina Wall, uh, Ellie Jacqueline. Uh, not that Rachel Ross, Tyler Matheson, Kristen, Adachi, Susie, R. Sporksan, uh, Max Byrne, Amelia, Elizabeth Rival, Eric Jordan, Anthony Riggs, so many others. Uh, you're all the best. So, other than Leslie and Adam at Prohibition Bakery, who gave us those delicious cupcakes, we also got a, an adorable onesie mm-hmm. and some really cool art. From, uh, from Justin Gray. So thank you for that, Justin. And thank you so much to Callie who is a beautiful illustrator who gave me some postcards with her gorgeous artwork on it and enjoyed our show as well. So thanks to everybody for, for uh, coming out to the show and giving us stuff and saying hi. Uh, it is It was so neat to meet everybody. And uh, thanks to People's Improv Theater for having us. And uh, you're all the best, I guess. You No, you are. You, you are. To guess. You are the best. Uh, we're on the Maximum Fun Network. There's a ton of great podcasts you can listen to there. Uh, like Jordan Jesse Go Stop Podcasting Yourself, Lady to Lady, One Bad Mother, The Goose Down, My Brother, My Brother and Me. So many others. So make sure you head to MaximumFun.org and download all of those. That's going to do it for us. Uh, we are here every Tuesday with new episodes, pretty much every Tuesday, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, we're going to be here next Tuesday with another episode. Until then, I am Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.